Welcome to this audio recording by the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Jim Falk, President of the Council. We are a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization dedicated to promoting public awareness of global issues and the ways in which they affect the Dallas-Fort Worth region. Become a member today at dfwworld.org and help us connect North Texas with the world. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of Haynes & Boone, LLP. We hope you enjoy it. My pleasure to introduce the ambassador, Mr. Sameh Shukri, who has been Egypt's ambassador to the United States of America since September of 2008. And I think, Your Excellency, it is safe to assume that your position morphed into something that you had not imagined when President Mubarak asked you to serve in Washington. What many of you in this room may not know is that early in my career, uh, I served as deputy director of a wonderful cultural festival called Egypt Today. And in that capacity, I had the rare privilege of working with another one of Egypt's finest diplomats, Ashraf Gorbal, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago. He happened to be president in Camp David with President Carter. And I learned then and, ha and I have always seen that Egypt has some of the world's truly most professional and best trained foreign services. It's very competitive to enter the foreign service and it's competitive throughout one's career. And so you were really meeting and hearing someone who is one of Egypt's best civil servants. Your Excellency, all of us in this room watched the events that, that shook Egypt last year with a, a mix of, of fascination and I might add concern I remember very well watching your interviews with Wolf Blitzer and others as you eloquently explained to American audiences what was occurring. You were honest with us at a most uncertain time, and I know I speak for all of us in this room, it was much appreciated. And as, as we move forward, I suspect that there may indeed still be some choppy waters in our relationship. But that being said, we are indeed fortunate to have someone as seasoned as you with such a keen understanding of the United States and such a position of responsibility. Now, this is not the ambassador's first visit to Dallas. Indeed, we welcomed him uh, about three years ago in February of 2009. He's a lawyer by training, receiving his degree from Einsheim's University, and the ambassador joined the diplomatic service in 1976. Wonderful career, London, Buenos Aires, New York, uh, Vienna, uh, he has particular expertise in disarmament and non-proliferation issues, and so we might have some questions about your views on what's taking place with, with Iran. In his last post before coming to Washington was as Egypt's permanent representative to the United States in Geneva. I think you'll also find of interest is that he was a close associate of President Mubarak, especially during the years 1995-1999, when he was his Secretary of Information and follow-up. I think that's a particularly interesting title. Uh, he's married to Susie, who is an interior designer. Um, and so, ladies and gentlemen, please join me now in giving a very warm Dallas-Fort Worth welcome to Ambassador Semei Shukri. Thank you, Jim, for that uh, kind introduction. Uh, and uh, thank the World Fair Council for uh, hosting me once again. I'm very happy to be here, and I'm uh, particularly grateful to all of you for taking the time uh, and being here on, on Easter uh, weekend. So again, uh, wishing you all a, a very happy Easter and Passover. Uh, I, I, I'm always tempted to, uh, to read my, my written notes, and I usually uh, 
don't do that. I prefer much to uh, maybe give a very short presentation and then uh, provide more time for, for questions and answers. So, uh, Jim, you right, please notice the, the uh, circumstances of my being here since 2008 have greatly changed. and uh, We have experienced uh, quite a tumultuous transformation, in not only in Egypt, but in the uh, Middle East in general. With what has been referred to as the Arab Spring, what I prefer to refer to as the Arab Awakening. Uh, I think this is a, uh, a trend that will uh, continue to impact the region for uh, many years to come, and certainly a transformational one that will, uh, I believe, have a very positive uh, impact on the future of uh, the people of the Middle East and, and uh, even beyond that to uh, the Mediterranean and, and to the general global uh, environment that we uh, all are impacted by. Uh, since the revolution on the 25th of January uh, 2011, uh, I think it's important to highlight that uh, uh, this did come about after primarily uh, 60 years of, of Egypt's development uh, since the revolution of 52. Some refer to it as a coup d'etat of 52, but certainly a, uh, a form of government, governance that relied heavily on uh, the military as the bastion of stability uh, to a succession of, of uh, trans transitions from uh, President uh, Nasser to, to Sadat to Mubarak, and of course it was the last 30 years of uh, the Mubarak regime, uh, which was, can be categorized in maybe uh, decades, the first decade being one of uh, regaining stability after the assassination of President uh, Mubar uh, Sadat and the uh, dire economic circumstances that Egypt was in. Uh, the second was uh, maybe uh, can be highlighted by the first Gulf War and, and the strength and growing uh, interdependence between Egypt and the United States in, in creating stability and, and moving ahead on the peace process uh, in the Middle East. And uh, the third, which unfortunately uh, for uh, internal purposes was one that was uh, most characterized by uh, political stagnation, uh, cronyism, uh, economic liberalization that uh, did not impact the general population but was uh, taken advantage of by uh, crony capitalists and entrepreneurs and people associated to the regime uh, and a growing sense of frustration uh, by the people of Egypt for these circumstances and their desire to uh, free themselves of what had become much more of a repressive uh, state uh, which uh, did uh, uh, neglect their dignity and their, uh, their rights to uh, democracy and, and social justice. And, and those were the, the main pillars of, of the movement and the demonstrations that took place uh, starting the 25th. It is to regain Egyptian dignity and, and uh, democracy and uh, self-respect. Uh, 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 and it was a uh, movement that uh, found resonance immediately within uh, the population and it, uh, it uh, uh, unfolded on for, for the two or three or four days that uh, preceded and, and uh, became a national movement at one time within Tahrir Square uh, close to uh, three and four million participants and in most other squares in, in the city there was a great uh, support for for this, uh, what, uh, what had become a, a most uh, important and transformative uh, uh, movement uh, leading to the fall of the Mubarak regime. Uh, now, since then, and I think 
a year and, and a few months since this revolution, uh, Egypt has uh, been uh, grappling with the consequences of uh, the resolution, the aspirations of the Egyptian people, and, and how to uh, conduct this transition in a way that will uh, most benefit the Egyptian population and, and provide the, the framework for a new system of government uh, and the potential of, of economic prosperity and, and stability. Uh, it has been a difficult uh, road, and it has been one uh, where mistakes have been made, but uh, certainly it has been uh, one that has also uh, motivated, uh, created uh, uh, great excitement, and, and provided uh, the Egyptian population an opportunity to uh, experience firsthand for the first time the, the benefits of, of a truly free and fair election process uh, and continues to, uh, to deal with uh, a, a, an evolving and a, a very turbulent political uh, environment in, in Egypt. Uh, the uh, Supreme Council of the Armed Forces has been uh, at, at an early stage uh, uh, given the resp responsibility of, of conducting this transition. Uh, and of course, the ensuing difficulty was the lack of, of security, the fluidity of the security situation with the collapse of the internal security services, the revulsion of the Egyptian people towards those services for their excesses during the the uh, years that led up to the revolution. Uh, and uh, this is one of the facets that still does plague Egyptian society and does impact the, uh, the ability to conduct this transition uh, as well as we would have wished. Uh, the uh, council has also uh, been challenged by, by its uh, uh, necessity to deal with various issues of, a, of an internal nature which are not primarily uh, part of the military council's responsibilities, but uh, they have uh, tried to, to uh, be even-handed, try to uh, guide the country through uh, this process with the uh, uh, constitutional declaration that was put to the vote and endorsed by the Egyptian people to lay the framework for the transition uh, whereby uh, parliamentary elections were to be held and then a constitutional committee would be selected to rewrite the Egyptian constitution on the basis of uh, the separation of powers, the uh, balance of powers between the uh, various institutions of government and uh, there and then to conclude with the presidential elections which uh, will uh, bring to a close the transitional period with the selection of the president in uh, to be seated in July, the uh, constitution of the parliament, and of course uh, uh, we are expecting that there will be much greater uh, guarantees in the newly written constitution to provide for the independence of the uh, judicial branch of government. Uh, I mentioned that of course uh, during such a transformational and such a, a uh, dramatic uh, change uh, and, and transition there have been mistakes and I think we all can recognize those mistakes whether in the ongoing uh, protestations and demonstrations that took place in Cairo some of them uh, did uh, lead to violence uh, to the loss of life which is uh, I think apprehensible and, and, of, and have responsibility has been, been uh, shouldered by uh, whether the government or the council uh, and a uh, emphatic declaration that uh, every measure would be taken to avoid uh, any repetition of, of such instances. Uh, 
the one of the unfortunate uh, uh, effects of the revolution, of course, has been the uh, dire economic situation that uh, that uh, arose uh, because of the decrease in, in our uh, revenues from the tourist industry. Uh, the fluidity in the uh, the security environment has has impacted tourism quite substantially. Uh, also, the new sense of freedoms the the uh, uh, has has opened the door for uh, many uh, labor disputes. Uh, people are are of course uh, uh, are optimistic and at the same time are impatient in terms of uh, rectifying maybe the uh, the excesses and the the their sense of of uh, Bereavement that that uh, took place over the last period, and, and consider that in the atmosphere of freedom, and that they are justified to to uh, demand their rights, uh, but uh, in an immediate fashion. And this has caused uh, many sectorial uh, uh, strikes and disputes, and has impacted our our uh, productivity, economic productivity, as well as the. Uh, Uncertainties related to the internal situation and the political uh, atmosphere that has uh, caused a decrease, a substantial decrease of the direct foreign investments in Egypt that had risen quite substantially uh, over the uh, past years. So economically, before the revolution, as uh, maybe I alluded to in the beginning, Egypt was doing quite well within uh, a global economic environment that was somewhat Restricted, we were uh, at about four or five percent uh, growth rate in the positive. Uh, there was a, a growing uh, amount of direct foreign investment, but unfortunately, all of this prosperity was not really filtering down, and, and was one of the main causes of of the uh, the sense of uh, despair and and lack of achievement. But uh, I, I don't want to, uh, in any way. I give the an impression that uh, what happened in Egypt was uh, due to any economic factors because it, it was, I think, primarily motivated by uh, people's sense of uh, the value of democracy, the values of freedom, the, uh, the aspirations to uh, create a form of government that would uh, better serve them and their children and grandchildren in the future. Uh, their uh, desire and their call for social justice was the primary motivation. Uh, and not any particular economic uh, demand or, or uh, the, uh, the interests of any particular sector of society. Uh, of course, since the, the revolution and the results of the parliamentary elections have uh, indicated the growing tide of uh, Islamic political ideologies, the uh, parliamentary elections that were recognized by independent observers as free, fair, and transparent did bring about a, uh, a majority of uh, newly established uh, Islamic political entities and, of course, uh, legitimized uh, the Muslim Brotherhood uh, that had uh, created their own political party, the Freedom and Justice Party, which gained almost 40% uh, of the uh, electoral seats of, uh, of parliament. Uh, and even uh, a greater degree in the second house, uh, which was is primarily now composed of maybe close to 80% of the Islamist parties, uh, maybe due to the, uh, the also uh, election fatigue that set in after a very long and extended uh, parliamentary election that, uh, that took place over the span of maybe four to five months. Uh, but now it is the, the final stage of the 
transformation or the transition. Uh, and again, a very turbulent one related to the composition of the Constitutional Committee. The Constitutional Committee was to be composed of 100 members uh, and uh, was given, the Parliament was given the responsibility of choosing those 100 members. And uh, they have selected, uh, heavily relying on, on the Islamic uh, parties. Uh, and this has caused a great deal of, of uh, disdain and an opposition in, in liberal quarters. Uh, there have been withdrawals from uh, those liberal uh, members of the Constitutional Committee. And it's an ongoing debate where uh, there's a sense uh, that the composition of the committee does not me meet the criteria of an uh, inclusive and, and, uh, and uh, more stable uh, and representative committee that is uh, competent to reflect the interests and the, uh, the uh, aspirations of all segments of Egyptian society. Egypt is a diverse country with, uh, with a, a great uh, a potential in terms of its human resources, and certainly uh, it deserves, uh, at this very crucial moment of transformation, that the Constitution is reflective of uh, a consensus of Egyptians in, in setting the stage for, for the future. And it, is, it continues to be a a very volatile and uh, complicated debate where uh, opposition to the uh, committee continues in, in various quarters, whether in uh, liberal ranks, whether by uh, both religiously, uh, the Azhar, uh, which constitutes the bastion of, of Sunni Islamic uh, ideology and, and, uh, and uh, religious guidance, has withdrawn from the committee, so has the uh, Egyptian Coptic Ch Christian Church. Uh, and the, both institutions, which are very uh, uh, close to the hearts of Egyptians, uh, have a great deal of impact, have uh, uniformly taken this decision and jointly taken this decision as a demonstration of, of the solidarity between uh, both the Muslim and, and Christian institutions. Uh, and and uh, I think this is, uh, again, uh, an issue which has to be sufficiently resolved uh, and an important one uh, so that Egypt's direction will be uh, clearer and, and will be uh, consensual. Uh, and then there, the presidential campaign, a uh, presidential campaign where, which is uh, now there are 11 uh, candidates. The uh, uh, candidacies will be closed, the, the opportunity for for new candidates will be closed on this Sunday. So far there are some 11 or 12 serious candidates who have fulfilled the requirements, uh, whether by being uh, pre presented as, as representatives of political parties or uh, having uh, presented themselves as independents after uh, gaining the support of 30 members of parliament or 30,000 Egyptians from various parts of the country. Uh, and they, are, they encompass the, the spectrum of uh, the political uh, dimensions uh, from uh, liberals to, uh, to personalities that have, uh, have been closely associated to the previous regime uh, to, of course, the Islamist parties, uh, whether it be the more fu fundamentalists, uh, Salafists, uh, Noor party, and now more recently the uh, uh, Brotherhood who, that had indicated early on that they would not field a presidential candidate uh, on the presumption that they did not want to appear as trying to gain exclusive control of, of Egyptian 
political life have uh, have uh, have decided not to maintain that promise and have now fielded a, a candidate uh, within the the pull and tugs of of uh, uh, political life of course uh, the uh, so the the uh, military council the newly elected parliament the uh, uh, salvation government that was uh, was put into power. Uh, this has all, of course, been a a, a challenge in in uh, the various institutions trying to uh, extract the most advantage during this period. And uh, the Brotherhood has indicated that it is because of the lack of of receptivity towards their uh, assuming uh, the executive branch of government through uh, the appointment of a prime minister to reflect the majority of parliament that they now seek to uh, compensate for that by uh, fielding a presidential candidate. The uh, platforms have been generally more, uh, uh, there's been more emphasis on the internal situation, the economics challenges and social challenges uh, related to, to Egypt, uh, whether they be in uh, uh, the new uh, limitations of, of the uh, the system of governance or the uh, dealing with the economic situation or the uh, health care and, and education, uh, which uh, is challenging, uh, has, has uh, been the primary focus of most candidates. And the real campaign will start after Sunday once the, the uh, com judicial commission that will supervise the elections uh, has determined uh, the candidates and has uh, certified them. Uh, then the real campaigns begins. Uh, in this whole uh, issue, I, I, one has to also draw attention to the fact that many who instigated this revolution have become uh, fragmented, uh, demoralized, and, and have considered that the initial uh, objectives of the revolution have been somehow circumvented for the benefit of, of uh, political expediency here and there. But again, it is up to them to, again, maybe take the helm and uh, steer the country towards uh, uh, a more inclusive and, and, uh, and uh, far-sighted uh, vision for, for the future. Uh, I think that would probably round up uh, where we are now. Uh, but I, I'd like also to mention that uh, during this transition, I think uh, U.S.-Egyptian relations have uh, been put uh, to the test, and the uh, administration has been generally supportive of uh, the direction that Egypt has been taken. Uh, and at the same time, uh, the rise of new political entities has also, uh, I think, been monitored by the United States very carefully to uh, ascertain to what degree this uh, three-decade or more relationship that has been of mutual benefit uh, can be sheltered, can be uh, forged for the future to, for the benefit of uh, both countries. And uh, it is my per personal hope that uh, once uh, things stabilize in Egypt, once uh, the, the, the uh, institutions of government have uh, been uh, fully in place, that uh, both countries will engage in a deep and, and uh, hope fruitful dialogue to uh, define once again the, uh, the mutually beneficial nature of this relationship and to forge ahead uh, on the commonality of interest and, and uh, mutual uh, respect and uh, the, the 
potential that, uh, that Egypt provides to the United States as a bastion of stability in the region and, and the promotion of, of uh, our mutual interests to uh, forge ahead on the peace process, to, to create an, a peaceful environment in the Middle East, uh, and also for uh, Egypt to uh, uh, be able to fulfill its, its uh, aspirations for its people in terms of economic stability and uh, prosperity. Uh, this is a, uh, has been a rewarding relationship and uh, uh, should, uh, I hope, continue in, in the future. Uh, the uh, uh, most recent, of course, challenge, and uh, I don't want to be perceived as trying to pass it over, of course, is the NGO issue that uh, developed uh, uh, with after a very successful uh, election process uh, where the uh, only three uh, American institutions were giving, given the privilege of uh, monitoring the election process. Uh, th that was the biggest configuration of, of monitors, whether the Carter Center, NDI, or IRI, uh, as opposed to a Turkish uh, represent representative and only one European uh, NGO that, uh, that was given the, the opportunity to monitor these elections. Again, in recognition of, of the important relationship that exists between Egypt and the United States. But then uh, the problem arose and, and it did not arise only uh, last uh, uh, summer, but uh, this is an, as, as an ongoing issue that, uh, that uh, discussions started between the two administrations uh, as of February of the 2011. Uh, I, th I think there was a misconception maybe in some quarters in the United States that in Egypt's change that the institutions had been uh, uh, are, are had evaporated that Egypt uh, was a fertile ground uh, to advocate uh, certain directions by certain groups uh, not necessarily in, in conformity with uh, Egyptian uh, ideas and, and regulations and it, it is one of those situations that sort of snowballed because of a lack of, of communication, uh, a lack of uh, desire to, to engage in, 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 a, in a more uh, a transparent dialogue between two, the two governments where uh, this issue I think took a, a dimension that I think neither government really wanted but uh, it was a, a, a situation of uh, where the volatility in Egypt I think uh, created uh, a sense of, of uh, discomfort, a sense of suspicion, a sense of uh, uh, a lack of understanding, which uh, I think impacted uh, this relationship uh, adversely, but, but uh, we, we hope that that is behind us. Uh, and we can, again, uh, as I mentioned, once uh, governments are in place, uh, may have a, a more uh, intense dialogue where the, the various dimensions of our relationship can be uh, better uh, framed and uh, for the benefit of, of both countries. So I'll, I'll stop here and uh, I hope uh, I have given you a, a sense of where we've been and uh, where we're going and uh, hopefully I'll uh, be in a position to give a more, per more direct uh, uh, response to some of uh, your questions. Thank you very much. And we have microphones, all right, good. Well, yes, you do, because we're podcasting. Right. You know that. <laughs> and we want a question, too. It's a brief question. Tonight, Jews around the world celebrate Passover, where Moses led the Jews out of Egypt. 
uh, the Egyptian army 3,300 years ago, the Egyptian army in those days was, was most powerful in the world. Today, also one of the most powerful. Israel's concern. Can you both address those concerns and also the opportunity for trade between Israel and Egypt? Uh, well, the opportunities of trade first, maybe. And I think we have had a uh, successful relationship uh, with the establishment of the qualified industrial zones over the last uh, six or seven years that has, uh, I think, highlighted the potential of regional cooperation that has uh, provided uh, a good economic uh, outlet for both uh, Israeli products and Egyptian products, gaining free access to uh, U.S. markets, and has uh, provided greater recognition to many in Egypt of the value of a uh, uh, an economic cooperation with Israel. Uh, despite that, uh, I personally think that uh, this relationship has one of lost opportunities for the last uh, 25 years or more. Uh, this relationship should have developed in a much more uh, productive and normal uh, manner, was it not for the uh, uh, animosities that were created related to the continuing conflict in the region, the lack of achievement in the peace process, the sense of, of many Egyptians of, uh, of uh, discomfort at uh, the plight of the Palestinian people and their lack of, uh, of meeting their national aspirations and the creation of their own states, which has restricted uh, the, the, uh, the engagement of many Egyptians in, in various uh, avenues, whether it be political, economic, or cultural with Israel, and, and we hope that uh, soon, sooner rather than later the Palestinian-Israeli issue would be resolved, that normalization would, would, uh, with the establishment of a Palestinian state in the region would create a better environment not only for Egypt but for the integration of Israel in, in the region as a whole, and, and that uh, normal relations would exist uh, under uh, the principles of, uh, of justice for all and, and uh, tranquility and peace and, and benefit for all the peoples of the region. Uh, the security relationship has continued even during the transition between Egypt and Israel. We have a common border. We have uh, uh, to meet the challenges related to, to uh, the potential of, of terrorism. Uh, and as well, we, we, we need to uh, continue to support the peace, uh, peace treaty that exists between us. Uh, on all these fronts, uh, the situation has been stable, but that does not uh, discount the fact that uh, with the rise of, of, uh, of much freer political expression in Egypt, uh, many have uh, aired their, uh, their uh, discomfort with, uh, with uh, Israeli policies, their uh, uh, desire to revisit uh, some of the, the uh, articles of the treaty as stipulated by the treaty itself. Uh, this is something that, that uh, has been on, on the political agenda. Uh, but I'm to a great degree, there, there's not been really any uh, serious uh, contention to, to abrogate the treaty. I think all, all of the political parties recognize that it has provided for Egypt uh, stability, uh, uh, avoidance of military conflict and its consequences over the last uh, 25 years, uh, and that uh, Egypt will respect its uh, treaty obligations, uh, whether towards Israel or uh, generally. Uh, and, and that is part of uh, our uh, I suppose uh, the inherent nature of Egypt is uh, being maybe the oldest bureaucracy. We are uh, people of institutions and thereby uh, do uh, place great value in, in our legal commitments. Uh, uh, but then, 
again, it is up to the newly formed government and, and, uh, and uh, the majority to, uh, to express themselves on the, those issues. And uh, I think it would be speculative on my part to, uh, to definitively give you a, a direct answer. But uh, this is a debate that will be ongoing, and uh, we will uh, all follow it, I'm sure, very closely. Right there in the back. We'll get to you next, Sergio. Uh, Sahar Aziz, I'm the president of the Egyptian American Rule of Law Association, and it's very good to see you again, Ambassador. So as an attorney, um, m me and my organization are very concerned with rule of law in Egypt. And so, uh, you know, in order to get the free trade and the tourism and, and all of the, the, the changes to the political system, obviously the law is very important, and I, you understand as an attorney. So what is your vision as to how to uh, improve the legal system, particularly the judicial, the administration of cases, so that people, for example, the, the laborers who have a grievance, can believe that the judicial system will timely and quickly resolve their issues rather than having to, to have labor strikes uh, repetitively? What is your vision of, of how to do that, how to improve the legal system so as to reify the aspirations of the revolution? It's a uh, $69,000 question, isn't it? It's, uh, <laughs> uh, I think primarily it's, it's, again, instilling in the legislative uh, the principle of their independence, of their uh, ability to, to undertake their internal reform uh, by the judicial system without any intervention from either the legislative or the, the uh, the executive branch of government. Uh, uh, and that is a, is a growing sense of this uh, transi transitional period. Uh, I'm sure you, you might have followed the, the, uh, the uh, very, very abbreviated sense of, of, uh, of crisis that, uh, that evolved with, uh, in part, related to the NGO issue and, and the uh, departure of some of the accused and whether that uh, implied uh, a susceptibility of the judicial to be impacted by decisions of the executive and, and this ongoing debate. But again, uh, to the broader question, uh, it, it is going to be a challenge for the judicial system to again re, re uh, ascertain its independence and, and its, its uh, ownership of its internal dynamics. Uh, but again, for a population of almost 85 million, the uh, uh, very uh, uh, complex nature of, of uh, the social structure and economic structure of Egypt uh, and the size of the judicial uh, system, it's going to be a challenge for them to really be able to respond uh, in a timely and effective manner to many of the disputes. Uh, and there's a bombardment now especially in this very volatile time of, of uh, re resort to the judicial system to uh, be the, the arbitrator of so many uh, issues, whether they be political, economic, or social, uh, which will put a great deal more burden. Uh, but I, I hope that in the sense of uh, their rising to their responsibilities and the confidence that I think many Egyptians place in their uh, both professional and and, uh, and the, the degree of integrity that uh, many uh, of our judges and, uh, and uh, uh, legal uh, personnel 
uh, have that they will be able to, to forge ahead and, and create a better uh, legal environment and system. What is the status of the NGO situation? Will there be a trial? Yeah, the trial is ongoing. Uh, the uh, American defendants have, uh, have uh, left uh, and are expected to, to present themselves as in any legal system uh, to, to the continuing phases of this trial. Uh, whether they do so or not is, is not for me to speculate, but uh, the trial will continue and, and uh, legal representation and transparency I think will be, be an important aspect for uh, all those who are following uh, this, uh, this issue. It's, uh, it's a matter that pertains to, to uh, the NGO community. The, there's a recognition in Egypt that maybe some of the, the stipulations that have maybe been partly result, resulted in this, this uh, issue need to be revisited because many of the regulations, the laws, were put in place by the previous regime. Uh, some of the, those uh, regulations were intentionally uh, put in to restrict rather than to provide the NGO uh, community with, with their uh, full potential and ability to, to uh, positively impact society. Uh, but then again, one has to recognize that Egypt currently has uh, 35,000 registered non-governmental organizations in various uh, aspects of, of life in Egypt. Uh, that uh, none of these organizations have uh, any specific legal problems, that it is only uh, a few that have maybe uh, been regarded to have overstepped or, or not been in full conformity with the, the law that face uh, this problem. And uh, uh, we hope that, uh, like I say, there is, I think, a consensus within Egypt that many of these laws have to be revised so as to, to create a, a much better environment for the NGO community to uh, be able to continue to operate uh, in a much freer and a much more uh, 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 with greater potential to, to provide a, a, a positive improvement of uh, many facets of uh, life in Egypt. Thank you. Mr. Ambassador, given the growing strength of the uh, Muslim Brotherhood, is there a likelihood in a real sense in Egypt that the government could become non-secular and the women's rights could be then threatened? There's certainly a growing concern. Uh, there are many in Egyptian society who fear that with the rise of uh, a more rigid Islamic interpretation of, of both uh, the religion itself or the application of, of, uh, of religious values as related to issues of governance, that that might somehow adversely uh, impact uh, certain rights, whether those, those be of women or in, in the social uh, makeup of, of the country generally. Uh, at the same time, there are others who express a confidence that the newly politically established entities will, will be cognizant of the diversity of Egypt's uh, society and that they will uh, apply uh, a more liberal interpretation or at least a more accommodating interpretation of of some of their uh, objectives. Uh, so it's uh, an ongoing debate, one that I don't think is, uh, is in any way resolved, and one that, uh, that uh, I don't anticipate will, will be overly dramatic. It might, might be dramatic in, in foreign eyes, but I think to most Egyptians, uh, issues like the second uh, article of the Constitution, which provides uh, 
uh, as Sharia as the basis of all legislation is a matter that Egyptians have lived with uh, for, uh, if not years, maybe uh, decades or even more. Uh, Egypt is, uh, Egyptians are generally a, a very pious, conservative uh, people who, uh, who put uh, great value in, in religion and, and there's a, uh, there isn't the, the very defined separation between church and state, which I think has developed in, in the West, but, uh, but a more uh, general accommodation of both state and, and uh, I don't want to say mosque, but at least uh, re religious uh, uh, conformity to, to religious values uh, as part of the fabric of, of society. So it's, uh, I think it remains to be seen to, to what degree the society will will. Uh, will transform itself during this, uh, this period with the rise of the uh, Islamic ideologies, political Islamic ideologies. We'll take your question now. Hi, I'm Danny Haddad. Um, I first wanted to thank you, uh, Ambassador uh, Chukri, for coming and uh, breaking bread with us. I appreciate it. I'm sure it's everyone else here does. Uh, I suppose my question dealt more with the side of education for the general population. Um, I watched closely as the Arab Spring, or as uh, you put it, the Arab Awakening was happening, and uh, I kind of saw it as one big um, kind of augmented allegory of the cave, if you will. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, it's like Can a... We have a question. <laughs> yeah, well, pretty much... Um, I see it as being people in the dark and uh, people in the light coming to tell the people in the dark what the truth is and the people in the dark having a hard time understanding fully what it is. So what would be your idea of how to educate the general masses who may not be as privy to what they really want? Of course, they want change and they want stability, they want better a better future for them and their posterity, but perhaps maybe most of them do not understand just how to get it. And they're crying out for all these things, but they're ignorant of what it takes, what the steps are to get there. And in my opinion, it takes That's the country as a whole. That's your opinion, sir. All right, well, well, uh, certainly education is a very important uh, aspect of uh, of the reform that's underway in Egypt. And uh, there's a recognition that education has been deficient over the last 30, 40, 50 years uh, in, in terms of government resources not having been directed uh, su uh, sufficiently to the areas of education with a growing population. Uh, resources have certainly not kept up with, with that uh, population. And, and also curriculum have been, have been somewhat uh, Restricted. The methods of, of education have been uh, more geared towards uh, uh, competitiveness rather than critical thinking, and uh, all of this has to, to come together in, in, in a reform of educational, uh, uh, both in, in terms of resources being allocated and curriculums being revised and in, in, in the manner in which, uh, which education is presented to the population. But again, uh, Recognizing all of these deficiencies, I think one has to also recognize the, that 
Egypt has not been in the dark. Egypt has been very much in, in, in its population in the light. Egypt is a country that has uh, been able to generate over the last uh, three decades four uh, uh, Nobel laureates uh, in various fields. Uh, so, and, and I think demonstrate, uh, we have uh, among us some of, of those Egyptians educated in Egypt who have, uh, I think, excelled in, in the communities here in the United States. And I'm always very proud when I visit uh, various uh, uh, parts of, of this country to get together with Egyptians who have uh, uh, been educated in Egypt, have come to uh, and have migrated to the United States and have excelled and have demonstrated their, their uh, potential. So again, it's, I think, a, a, a collective issue where, where it's not only education, but it's a general political and, and social environment that uh, will generate uh, a better understanding and a better awareness uh, of, of, uh, of uh, not only Egyptian affairs, but uh, global affairs and the ability of the Egyptian people to, to interact and to benefit and to uh, be a benefit to uh, the global environment. So. Uh, we will have to, to give it much more attention, and, and I think there's a consensus that that's necessary. We'll take your question here, and then we'll go over there for one or two more questions. <coughs> Excuse me. Can you tell me what's happening uh, in the position of Director of Antiquities? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, uh, like many positions in Egypt over this past uh, period, uh, we have had uh, several uh, cabinet reshuffles. Uh, there have been... Uh, accusations to everyone uh, we being having been part of the previous regime or having been somehow implicated in, in wrongdoing uh, there have been of course uh, vindictive uh, false accusations to many uh, and uh, the uh, if you're referring to Dr. Hawass who is a good friend of mine and, and I think a very uh, recognizable figure uh, being the Indiana Jones of Egypt and Egyptian antiquities with his uh, constant uh, constant appearance on the National Geographic. I think he must have shares there or something. <laughs> but uh, uh, he's, he's left his position. He's, he remains in Cairo. He's uh, uh, been out of the limelight, uh, but uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll be resurfacing sooner or later, and probably sooner here in the United States rather than later on his, uh, his uh, lecturing circuit. Uh, but uh, I can assure you he's, he's fine. There is, there is a, a Minister of Antiquities, but uh, not very apparent, not very impactful, but uh, that is the status of, of maybe m many in government these days where the, the sense of transition, the sense of the, the, the time allocated to them before uh, many a, a, in this government expect to be replaced uh, by, by, by uh, once a, a new uh, president and, and uh, to reflect the new uh, parliament. Uh, so they, they maybe are not as vocal and not as, as uh, impactful as uh, we would like. Take a question right over there, and then you'll be our last question. Uh, yes, Mr. Ambassador, thank you for coming. It's very interesting your talk, and obviously Egypt's very important in the world and in the Middle East. I have a sort of a personal question. I was supposed to go to Egypt exactly 12 months ago, except Delta Airlines canceled. With your comment about tourism, would you suggest an American tourist to go to uh, Egypt today or wait for a while? I'd certainly recommend that you go immediately, all of you, <laughs> and, and spend a lot of money. 
do spend a lot of money. But it's it, no, it's you know, it's it's always uh, I understand it, the the uh, apprehension and reservation and from abro uh, afar. Uh, things will look much more volatile, much more uh, chaotic than they actually are. I, I was in uh, last summer when I was contemplating going to Egypt. I myself was, was apprehensive because of the security situation. We have a summer house on the beach uh, in, a, in a rather remote and isolated area, Alamein, where the last battles of the North Africa campaign took place in World War II. Uh, would there be security? Would we be safe? And then we went and we had a, a very normal and relaxed and enjoyable time, uh, as well as Cairo. You, you hear about incidents, but it's the incidents that get reported, whereas the majority of, of people live a normal life. And when I was in Egypt two weeks ago, uh, the, the situation in Cairo was, was quite uh, comfortable. You don't really get any sense of, of lack of security. Maybe the incidents do uh, uh, occur, but they occur uh, in a sporadic and, and I think the no normal manner in, in which uh, criminal uh, elements uh, take advantage sometimes of a fluid situation. Uh, as long as you're careful, as long as you're within the, the uh, normal circuits of, of tourism, you'll find yourself uh, well secured and protected and, and, there sh and you'll certainly take advantage of some very lucrative deals. So. <laughs> Do go, and uh, I think you'll have a generally good time. Now, Frank Nabolsi, who used to run the Fairmont here, is the general manager of the Fairmont. He keeps on sending me emails and saying, come, I'll give you a great deal. <laughs> 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 last question there, sir. Oh, you're gonna, well, we're going to make sure you get the last question. Sure. So. Uh, thank you again, Mr. Ambassador, for coming here and enlightening us about what's going on in Egypt. We're all hopeful for the best. Uh, I do feel compelled uh, at this uh, eve, Easter Eve to ask what advice you might have for the Coptic Christians? Sort of, should they find the door out of Egypt, or what would they do? Uh, I, again, uh, I think the, uh, there's, there's a lot of focus in, in the uh, American and Western press generally uh, about uh, Egyptian Christians. Uh, uh, and both Christians and Muslims usually uh, are somewhat offended by even uh, an insinuation that Egyptian Christians form a minority. Uh, both uh, Christians themselves and Muslims in Egypt uh, find it distasteful to even consider them as a minority. They are uh, an integral f part of the Egyptian fabric. They are our brothers and, uh, and sisters uh, as Muslims, and they, I think, regard us equally as such as, uh, as being Muslims. Uh, so. Uh, not to say that there isn't uh, in quarters uh, discrimination, there isn't uh, uh, instances of, of, uh, of uh, unfortunate religiously in, in instigated conflict. Uh, sometimes uh, non-religious conflicts uh, try to pose a religious face so as to deflect from, from the real nature of what is usually social and, and uh, economic tensions uh, that just happen to be between uh, two uh, rivals of, of different, differing faiths. Uh, but I think the, the Christian community generally in Egypt has, has been impacted in the same way as, as Muslim in Egypt 
from this transition. I think they have the same aspirations in terms of uh, looking forward to a, a better Egypt where, where also issues of, of racial and religious bias uh, recede and, and where there's a greater recognition of the need to, to protect all Egyptians equally uh, ir irrespective of their religious uh, affiliations. Uh, I think the, the recent demonstration and outpouring of uh, both affection and, and anguish over the death of uh, Pope Shenouda in Egypt uh, by Muslims uh, uh, is, is again a recognition of the, the degree of, of solidarity that exists uh, and that the, the cases of, of uh, religious intolerance are, are still uh, limited to to certain uh, factions uh, of a more radical inclination. Uh, but it's not also, I think, fair to, to try to in any way decrease the importance, that despite the fact that I think it's also important for a society where uh, almost 10% of it uh, are, are of a different faith than the majority that that uh, that portion of society should be given every uh, confidence, every uh, guarantee uh, of their status and their, uh, the respect of their, their beliefs in, in the, that society. And it's something that uh, I'm sure in, in the new Egypt where there is uh, uh, greater freedoms, and I think it's already demonstrated in, in the amount of, uh, of space that has been accorded to uh, both Christians and Muslims to, to express their their opinions to, uh, to demand uh, their rights, that uh, this is an issue that will continue to, to develop uh, more positively in the future. And the last question will go to one of our city's top neurosurgeons who happens to be Egyptian. Uh, thank you, Mr. Ambassador, for uh, coming today and for your enlightening comments. And uh, thank you for attending our uh, fundraising event tomorrow for the Children's Cancer Hospital of Egypt. And thank you, Jim, and the World Fair Council for arranging this valuable meeting. Um, I'm a neurologist, actually, I'm not a neurosurgeon, but um, my, my question is, you know, as Egyptians living here, we watch this, you know, these volatile changes in the uh, political uh, landscape in Egypt, and uh, we're concerned about the history, and um, as we see the, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt uh, and the other Islamists um, and gaining power, and we're, we're concerned about looking back in history and seeing the uh, similar conflicts that happened between the army and the Brotherhood, for example, in 1954 and, and so on. Is, is this, do you see going forward this is going to be, this is of concern? Is it going to come to that? Is it going to continue to be this, you know, peaceful, uh, I guess, uh, exchange of power uh, or is it is it going to come to a, a more uh, uh, unfortunate conflict well what can I say it's uh, it remains to be seen but uh, I think the conditions currently are much different than 54 or 81 or any other time and I think that the entrance of the Brotherhood into the mainstream political uh, arena uh, and, and the evolving nature of, of this revolution, of this, these aspirations will, will I think cause a different environment where uh, uh, the 
outright conflict that, that existed previously will not necessarily be repeated. Uh, I think both parties, whether it be Egyptian society as a whole, I don't want to, to narrow this into the military or the Supreme Council. The Supreme Council has indicated on every occasion that their, their role is, will be terminated in, in the 1st of uh, July. To what extent, of course, this is a, a mat an internal debate. What, what is the status of the military? How will it evolve within the coming constitution? Uh, to what degree it will continue. It will continue as any military to have a, an impact on, in life as the U.S. military here in terms of its, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, it, the role that it plays in securing the, the, the sovereignty of the nation, its security will continue to impact uh, the, po the political environment and, and political life. But at the same time, uh, they have indicated their recognition that Egypt is moving uh, to a, a new uh, plateau of, of, uh, of political maturity and that uh, that maturity has to be, uh, uh, that will evolve and, and will, will, uh, uh, will, will develop in, in, in the way that the Egyptian people, as demonstrated through the, the elections, uh, have, uh, have uh, placed their confidence in, in the Brotherhood uh, as the majority in Parliament and thereby the Brotherhood should undertake the responsibilities and that there is no inherent conflict of interest between maybe any of the political institutions, whether it be the military or any of the other uh, more secular parties, uh, but it is uh, their common desire to benefit uh, Egypt and the Egyptian people and to, uh, to stabilize the country and to forge ahead with a, with a reform process that will uh, necessarily deal with a lot of the challenges that, that Egypt uh, faces. Uh, uh, a, lo a lot of this discussion, I think, is, is uh, theoretical. And, uh, it, it, it can only play out practically, and that's the only uh, manner in which we can really assess. Uh, I don't think we need to revisit the, the, the past, nor can we speculate on the future, but uh, as has been demonstrated all through this year and uh, three months, every day is a challenge. And uh, what is of uh, great prominence yesterday uh, recedes and becomes uh, even non-consequential in face of the challenges that, that we, we, uh, we uh, have to deal with today. So we are uh, quite hopeful and uh, we rely on uh, the support of Egyptians, whether here in the United States like yourselves and your colleagues or uh, Egyptians back home who have become uh, totally engrossed in, into politics and now you can't uh, get away from uh, very heated discussions on uh, what direction and uh, why Egypt should go one way or another. And again, I want to uh, thank all of you for being here and uh, wish you again a happy uh, Easter and Passover and to th thank Jim for the opportunity. Thank you. thank you. For more information about the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth, visit them on the web at www.dfwworld.org.